Welcome to the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. Let me ask you a question. Do you enjoy helping other people? Do people keep coming to you for advice? Or maybe you keep finding yourself in career conversations. If you want to know what it really takes to become a career coach and help others pursue work they love by doing something that you love, well, then this is the podcast for you. We will be talking to experienced career coaches, exploring what it really means to be a career coach and how they were able to first get their start, the challenges they overcame, and many lessons learned along the way. I'm Scott Anthony Barlow. I'm the CEO and founder of Happen to Your Career and the creator of the Professional Career Coach Training and Certification. Hey, welcome back to the How to Become a Career Coach podcast. I'm incredibly excited today because... I have with me a career coach who hasn't been doing this for 10 years. She has an incredible background, a plethora of experience, and I got to know her over the last about six months, seven months or so, as we began to work with her, as she was on the front side of putting together her business. And so I've gotten to have a first row seat to see the, some of the amazing things that she's been able to do. And I'm really excited to welcome to the podcast, Andrea Soto. How are you? Hey, Scott. I'm great. How are you? Very, very good. I really am excited to have this conversation. And you know, I, I mentioned it even before we hit the record button. I think you have a really very interesting and compelling story. And you're fresh into this world, if you will. And you've had a pretty amazing career up through here in terms of a variety of experiences. You've done very well in a variety of areas. And I want to talk about that too before we get into talking about the the career coach side of it. But here's what I'm curious. Before we really get to deeply into any of that is what for you, you know, as you were going about your day-to-day, what caused you to become interested in becoming a career coach in the first place? Well, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to chat. As you said, it's been quite a journey just, you know, moving full time into the whole coaching realm. You know, my background before I realized that this was really something that made sense for me to do, you know, full time was in the payments technology industry. So I was I had over a 20-year career with a Fortune 500 company, Corporate America. was pretty much all I knew. And I had a number of different jobs and responsibilities throughout my career there. But I'll tell you, as I was progressing and kind of figuring out or trying to navigate my way, it wasn't until the last chapter that I realized we were really lacking. The system was, was very much lacking coaches or people who could help guide you or navigate with you through your career and just the challenges, the planning that goes behind it. And I realized that because one of my roles, I'll say probably the last five to seven years, yeah, it was very much focused on mentorship, sponsorship, you know, in a leadership position, you get to the point where you know, you really take a vested interest in people and I just fell in love with it. So um, before moving into, uh, you know, starting this journey, I I guess sort of accidentally or naturally or however you want to term that, but I unintentionally got into career coaching through some of my responsibilities at work. 
So when you say unintentionally, that was primarily through some of those mentorship type pieces? Exactly. Yeah. We had a program that in, in the company still does. They're very good at putting resource groups together for different areas within the company. So yeah. for employee groups. And so one of the groups that I was very active in was both our women's leadership network, as well as the women in technology area. And in serving in those roles with all of the partners throughout the company, and this was on a global scale, one of the key tenants or core pillars within our strategy was all around employee, you know, the experience, retention. And I was just, I think I was in a position where, you know, I I was a little bit on the, I wasn't in the communications area, but within my role, I was responsible for sharing updates and whatnot. And so sort of naturally people started to come to me and I loved mentoring. So I was also, you know, active very, very much officially as well, where I had a few people who, you know, we had that, that relationship. So throughout that time, what I learned was that traditionally we're raised and I'm painting with a very broad brush, right? But we're raised to not brag, you know, be nice, be kind, be humble. And we're not good at realizing what we're great at, what the strengths are that we bring to the table and how to leverage that to get into a really good fit. Oftentimes we'll evolve within our role. And if the job changes or if the company changes, we feel like we also have to change who we are so that we continue to fit. And so that was sort of a methodology that I found worked really well for the the people I partnered with as well as myself. So anyway, when I say I sort of accidentally or unintentionally fell into it, that's what I mean is that I just realized that there are ways to kind of unlock our thinking to really get to this place of just peace and happiness. And I know that might sound, you know, I don't know, hard to grasp or, you know, unicorns and rainbows, but truly it's out there and it's within all of us. And I just loved helping people see it. Why do you think that resonated so much with you? Um, Because it was a series of aha moments. So I was sort of starting to say, you know, with my prior comment that it wasn't until that last chapter that I realized, man, I really could have benefited from having somebody in my position when I was earlier in my career, right? To help me with that, pull out those attributes. And I think that as I was doing this, that series of aha moments sort of connected and kind of like lit this fire inside of me. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's this huge gap. We talk about mentorship, but we don't know what that means in terms of sponsorship. We don't know how to sell ourselves. And man, I really wish that, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I had a resource or a partner who could, you know, be really honest with me and, you know, help me see that worth and help me navigate through all of those challenges. So I think that's why it resonated with me because those aha moments painted this picture when you, when I put them all together, that this is a gap and we don't do it well, even though even the best companies, I mean, this company, and I'm refraining from naming them, but they are phenomenal, just fantastic, great place to work very encouraging. They preach the message to leadership and it's always employee first. And even companies who are that great at treat, you know, the way they treat their employees, it was still a big gap. And, you know, and plus I learned a lot from it. And I, I learn every day from every single conversation now. 
I learn more and more about myself and just human nature. And anyway, so I could go on and on about like why it was so enlightening for me, but this journey was really more about the way I saw people change their, just their mindset and go after their goals. And then when they would achieve them, I felt like I was succeeding too. It's like, yes, we won, you know. Um, <laughs> the vicarious achievement. I, I exactly. love that as well. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So here's something I'm curious about then. You know, you, you experienced that, I'm going to call it a pain, just because I don't have a better word right at the moment, but mm-hmm. you experienced that pain of not having that. And one of the things I've observed is for many of the many of the career coaches that have lasting businesses or continue to coach, I've, I've seen and witnessed a lot of that. They've experienced some gap or some pain or some um, essentially something that wasn't desirable, or they've seen that need in that way that you experienced where you didn't necessarily always have that sponsor or mentorship or somebody who could be straight up honest with you in that particular way. And, uh, you wanted to fill that, but I'm curious, do you think that that is a must to become a successful career coach? Or do you feel like that is not necessarily a required ingredient? I haven't decided for myself in terms of like just having that experience, experiencing that pain. Yeah. Experiencing the gap or what have you. Yeah. That type of pain, whether it be, you know, what you experienced or something, something else. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, everyone's journey is so different and I can only speak for myself that I can tell you if I didn't realize what I was missing and then later found it, I don't know that I would have decided to become a coach, Interesting. but I think you probably have some people. I mean, I'm really good friends with many people who are in academia and, you know, coach at, various levels, whether it be, you know, club sports or high school sports. And, you know, those people, all of them who I am close with anyway, have been doing it forever. And it's kind of just what they know. Uh, Now, that's a different type of coach, of course. But I do think that for someone who is specifically, you know, focused on career coaching, I think if you understand that there's this gap or that somebody needs something that they don't even realize they need just yet, I do think it's beneficial. I equate it in a lot of ways to the sales process. So my background, I spent a, a, you know, a pretty good chunk of my career in sales. Yeah. And part of my role was, you know, it's all about the person, the customer, and the customer is a person before they're a customer, right? Um, and so the, the, the goal or the approach that we would use, and it wasn't prescriptive, but just what ended up working very well for me was something that we call um, val- this value driver selling, right? So we're, we're helping the customer understand the pain, right? And so we're not really causing them pain. We're just saying, little do you know, it could be so much easier. Little do you know, you don't have to go into work every day trying to conform to this new group, the new you know, focus that has evolved. You don't have to square peg that round hole every day. There is a way to do it more easily. And then this aha moment again happens where they say, wow, I just thought I needed to improve. I needed to be better and I needed to be more, not that I needed to know myself better. And so, you know, the process with a client is much like that of, for me, 
in the sales. And I, I, I do hesitate to even draw that correlation because it is not at all a salesy industry, but it's just helping them realize that there is a better way. There are resources out there for you and we can make your life easier, more fulfilled, and you can just be happier in general if we realize what these resources are and we give them to you to use. So yeah. I don't know, I, you know, that's probably a long winded answer to, do you think you need that experience? It certainly has helped me, but I'm sure others have had, you know, different ways to get to that same spot. Well, that's really interesting. And, and I appreciate you bringing up as on a separate note, I appreciate you bringing up the the sales side of it as well, be, partially because, you know, as, as people become a career coach, I recognize that many of them, not all of them, but many mm-hmm. of them have negative um, perceptions of sales. Mm-hmm. And to your point, sales doesn't necessarily have to be negative. And part of great sales and a great sales experience is helping people understand how they're, you know, whatever you're selling, whether you're selling career coaching or whether you're selling something completely different, how life with whatever that thing is can mm-hmm. be different. Assuming absolutely, you know, that whatever you're selling in this case, coaching, you know, might be um, right for them, assuming it right. is right for them. So yeah. I appreciate oh, you bringing absolutely. that up. It's so, it's so important because um, for anyone who is thinking about moving into this, you know, you and I, when we first met, yeah. You said just so tell me like why are you even considering this you know do you and I think you even open up your podcast with that question now because it resonates with so many people do you find yourself naturally involved in people's journeys are people coming to you asking you for advice you know that is valuable and I ask my clients a lot of times there's you know there's that line between coaching and counseling and giving direction versus helping them come to the conclusion on their own. And, you know, it, again, everybody's different, but people will say, this is valuable to me. I am buying your service and I want you to deliver for me. And it took a number of conversations before I realized that we don't need to be afraid of the sales component of the process. It's a service. It's, you know, nobody has to buy it. <laughs> But if you are delivering value and when you see the people walk out of the room happy and engaged and motivated, and you see that you're really delivering for them, you feel good about it. And you don't feel like you're that salesperson, so to speak. So I think that's a little bit of a conundrum. You know, we want, we don't want to be salesy, but my gosh, you know, if you're going to buy, you're going to buy stuff that's valuable and what's more important than being in the right fit for our career, we spend more time at work than we do doing anything else in our lives. It's valuable to do it in a way that fits you best. So I don't know, you know, like I said, it's everybody's got a different approach. But I, I find that when you ask the question, you know, are people coming to you without you even asking, do you just kind of find yourself in these conversations all the time? Yeah. My answer to you earlier in this whole journey was yes, yes, yes. All <laughs> this the keeps time. happening. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's funny because I do, I tell people, I'm like, I am here to listen. I will ask questions and hopefully draw out certain conclusions in your answers, but you're going to come to those answers. If I give that to you and then it doesn't work, you're going to say, see, 
I should have just figured this out on my own, <laughs> you know, but then at the same time, I had a client just the other day say, Andrea, I spend all day with myself. I'm here to talk. I'm here to hear from you. Like I have my own thoughts swirling around in my head daily. I want to know what you think. And um, so, you know, it depends on your client and their experience and what they really want. But, you know, there's that balance. Well, let me ask you this. This has been a relatively quick journey for you in the scheme of things. Like mm-hmm. it was less than what, two years ago, I think, where you were still in the the job that you were describing. And yeah, not, it, actually it hasn't even been a year. Oh, it hasn't even been a year. Not. Oh my no. goodness. It's been I mean, an even I've, quicker I've been, journey. Right, right. I've been coaching, but like through my, you know, while I was still with with the company. Yeah. So it's been even even shorter, you know, shorter than that. Sure. So help me understand, you know, from the point in time where you started realizing that, hey, career coaching could be a thing for me. Let's get into a little bit of like what actually happened for you and a little bit about your journey and what that looked like. And I'm curious, you know, as you started out on that journey, mm-hmm. what was hardest for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be really vulnerable here, which is all I, I have learned a great thing to do. The turning point for me was really when I was going through my own career change. So things were changing at the company. They were moving my group around. I was left with some tough decisions to make. And I really felt you know, behind the eight ball a bit. I didn't feel like I had all of that control. You know, I didn't have that foresight where I paved it out and I, I knew exactly where I was going next. And at the same time, I was helping other people with their careers, right? I was mentoring, I was a sponsor. And, you know, I just sort of sat back after one of my mentoring conversations. And I was like, Andrea, you know, you need to take your own advice, this works. And so I started doing some of those things, uh, those tips. And I guess that's what it was. It was when I realized that I'm really engaged when it comes to these conversations, and I'm excited, and I'm happy that why don't I consider doing that? You know, I didn't know what I was going to do next. I knew I wasn't going to uproot my family and move like that was an option, but I just, we're based here in St. Louis. I don't mind travel, but we weren't going to move. And it took that really tough decision for me to jump into something totally different. At the same time, I will say, I learned pretty quickly in that I have a ton of experience in coaching people. It's just different. It's not the traditional, you know, what we think of in as a career coach, but the experience that I have certainly qualified me to tell, you know, help people understand what leadership is looking for, you know, roadblocks to be mindful of, how to mitigate some certain risks throughout your career. And I think I just had a tough decision that I needed to make. And I was faced with this challenge personally. And so I said, well, let me just see, you know, I've got some time now on my hands. Let me see what this is all about. That was what happened. So that that's how I made the shift. As soon as I got into it, I mean, it just kind of took off. I started telling people I was doing it and then, you know, my phone was ringing. I'm still not actually, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even really out there, out there yet. You know, I have a Facebook presence and an Instagram presence. That's about it so far, you know, with my website, yeah. but it just sort of, you know, happened the more I shared with people my story and, you know, not my story about my exit, but just about my career in the last 20 years, the more I saw the value that people were getting out of learning from that and the stuff that, you know, I could help them with. 
When you started sharing with people in the world that, hey, this is something that I am doing, was that comfortable for you at first or was that more uncomfortable? Help me understand what that felt like for you at first. Yeah, it was not comfortable. <laughs> it was not, you know, I, and I'm still forcing myself to get comfortable with that conversation because even just this weekend, I was out of town with a one of my kids plays soccer. And so we're out of town for a, a soccer tournament and I'm talking to somebody about it. And they're like, I just don't know how you're going to make any money. And I'm telling you, that's the number one fear for me. And that sounds maybe materialistic, but you know, at the stage that my kids are in, our financial stability is just a huge focus for me. Yeah. So when I tell people what I'm doing and then I see their head sort of cocked to the side and go, what? At first they say, oh my gosh, I can totally see you doing that, you know, because that's just in my nature. And I'm, we're, it seems like every conversation is some yeah. sort of idea, brainstorming, solution, sol- you know, problem solving, whatever. That's you. So they're like, oh yeah, I can totally see that. And then they're like, ah, but how are you going to make money at that? Because coming from where I was before, it's just, uh, you know, bridging that is a little tough. And so not only do I hesitate because I know I'm going to get that reaction, but part of me wants to also, if I'm again, being really vulnerable and honest, I want to keep that other door open because I don't know yet. And it's scary. So I sort of want to just say, I'm doing this. I am loving it. People are telling me they are loving it. So this is what I'm doing right now. But my focus where I'm really wanting to take the business is helping companies. It's really hard to unknow something. So even if an employee has the best mentor and it's that senior vice president or the executive VP, they're still very careful about what they share with them because it's tricky and it feels even as much as you want it to be safe. It might not be at all times. And I think companies could really benefit from having an outside resource to help their, you know, high potential and high performing employees. So that's, you know, I'm keeping that corporate connection there. And I really, truly having all my career prior to this in corporate America, there's a huge opportunity and I think it's a gap and I want to go after it. Yeah. So that's that, you know, that's why part of why I keep that open. But to be honest, it's that other thing, like, by the way, if there's an, another really great fit at a company, I don't want to have that door slammed and nailed and sealed shut just yet. And, and I'm, you know, and that's just my own, I'm just working through that because I don't know why, you know, I'm, I'm just still, I'm just still working through that process, but that's why it's difficult to answer your question on, you know, getting out there, telling people I'm doing it. It's identifying with myself that this is a big change. It could, you know, if there's going to be a ramp up phase, am I prepared for that? And then it's the other side on the reaction where they also say, oh, wow, I can totally see it. But man, is that going to pay your bills? (laughs) How about college? So um, that's what I struggle with starting out. Well, I appreciate you being so vulnerable in sharing that. And I think that that is, I mean, that's real. And that's the part of the reason why I appreciate it because that is the transition. One, people are asking that because looking at it through their own lens rather than through your lens in most cases, uh, even though they're trying to be helpful, a lot of times they're looking at it through the world that they know versus your world. 
And oh. at the same time, I, I've also felt many of those things too. There was a period of time where, oh my goodness, I think this was about two, two and a half years ago, someplace along those lines where we went through, I think it was like three months of not making, uh, so I was full-time into, into happened your career in the business and we were relatively new being full-time. I think it only been a year in someplace in there and went through th- about three months of not making a significant amount of profit or having a loss in the business mm-hmm. because we'd make, made some <laughs> made some choices and ended up carrying the business for all intents and purposes. And mm-hmm. there were many times during that three months where I'm like, oh my goodness, like going back to a very, very not necessarily cushy, but six-figure job where don't even have to worry about the money just sort of comes in and I go out and you know don't have to think about anything else. Mm-hmm. That entered my mind many different times. It's like sure, what? so can completely <laughs> I can totally appreciate see it. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, but you know, the thing that keeps me grounded is when I say I really care about having purpose and helping and you know, seeing people succeed and and helping people find the best in themselves. And I just, I really enjoy plugging in and sometimes to the detriment of my own time or focus area on other things that maybe I should be thinking about. But that's what keeps me grounded. Every time I think about, man, just, you know, going into work, putting in the nine to five, I always go back to, are you serving your purpose? Is it a safe environment? Are you really being heard? Can you be honest? I don't know if you've read um, this book. It's Kim Scott, Radical Candor. I haven't. Oh my gosh. It was so good. It's like being that in that environment where you care so much, but you're also really courageous about being honest and, and being candid. Yeah. And you know, coaching, you have to be that. You know, you have to care so much about the person, or, or or it will fall flat if it's not genuine. And so, if you if you struggle to do that, you shouldn't be in this line of work. But you know, caring for that person and their journey and their success, but being honest and being really candid and helping them come to their own truths, whatever those might be, that is something that I just I couldn't do that anymore in the role that I was in, um, or probably at that company at that time. There was there were some other huge priorities that they were tasked with addressing and being radically candid did not work. (laughs) So I go back to that all the time. You know, first of all, it was never nine to five. It was 24 seven at night in bed thinking about what's tomorrow going to bring. How do we address this issue? You know, there was never the balance, even though I hate the word balance, but that healthy mix of life and work wasn't there. And, you know, my husband just says, it doesn't matter. Like, shoot, if you're this happy for the rest of your life, we'll rent an apartment in, you know, small yeah, town, wherever. Yeah. It does not matter because this is where we need to be. This is the environment we need to be in. So I do go back to that occasionally and pretty quickly remember why I got into this in the first place. Well, that's really interesting. And I appreciate you bringing up the courage piece because what I've learned in being able to interact with lots of people that are successful by their own standards, not by other people's standards, is that it takes a lot more courage to do any of these things, to live in a way that you feel is right for you and to live out your purpose, whatever that might be, 
compared to not doing it. It's much right. easier. <laughs> it may, it may, I mean, either one can still feel, you know, hard at certain times, but it takes a different type of energy and courage and a few other pieces to go along with it to do that day in and day out. And it's just a less worn path that is, um, in some ways you're, you know, you're trailblazing compared to, compared to the other way around. So kudos to you for doing that. And I think Ah. you do have to go back to the, that purpose from time to time. Otherwise, why else would be doing, doing this? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Nope. Absolutely. It's just so interesting, you know, going through the transition because again, you know, like we were talking about in the beginning, had I known that there was a resource out there for me, or I could have had this type of a conversation with someone earlier in my career, who knows where it would have taken me. And there's just such a need. And I do think it's becoming a little more, I don't know if accepted is the right word, but you know, we're a lot more comfortable talking about mental health and emotional health and things like that than we have been ever before. Yeah. You know, it's just common to to be focused on that and to know that it's critical. And, you know, I feel like we're just the world or in or our maybe it's where I live, but either way, you know, we're it's really the we're right for the conversation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, there's no medical anything, you know, certification or qualification that I carry. So I don't even mean to suggest that, but I just think people are more comfortable now saying, I don't know. I need some guidance. I'm kind of lost. And for the longest time, especially in a situation, if you're in a male dominated industry, the last thing you want to say to your boss is, I don't know. I'm lost. I'm not figuring, I need help figuring this out. You know, you want to be you just want to show that you're knocking it out of the park all the time and you are just as strong as every other performer because they're probably not out raising their hand saying they need help either. So, you know, and I just think that this there's this shift that's happening and it's really nice to see because I think for too long we've just gone in, hated life, hated jobs. And again, I didn't hate my job by any stretch of the imagination, but what a great thing to know that if that is you, it, it doesn't have to be. Um, and I just really didn't know that there were resources out there to help me get through that t- until, you know, the last chapter. Yeah. So as over the last six months in particular, what has that looked like for you as you have started taking on, started taking on clients even before that? Help me understand and our listeners understand what that journey, what that section of the journey has looked like for you. So. I'd say it was a mix of, it still is a mix of defining, you know, my target market, getting really good at understanding who do I want to serve and helping people understand that by crafting my message. So, you know, if you want to be all things to all people, you you probably won't do any of them well. And um, that's one of my downfalls is I'm very, I'm strategic. In fact, that's my number one on the strengths finder. My number one strength is strategic, which means right. Big picture, all the things, the whole, you know, end to end journey. Uh, So the last six months has been really focused on defining my target market, niching down and getting really good at those fewer things, being great at the fewer things versus kind of average or good at everything. So I've just done a lot of investing in myself, 
learning a lot about myself, of course, taking the professional career coaching course through your program. That has been beyond rewarding. I mean, I honestly, that was what I needed to go through that to know that it was right. Because you do, you really take us through every component of it and just learning how to coach versus lead or direct, which was a big shift for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had to flex those muscles and get comfortable with asking questions and listening more and watching the other person kind of struggle to find the answer. So anyway, so it's been niching down target market, a lot of that, that work, and then that self-development just on positioning myself as a coach. I'm still, I'm very much in that package building phase. So I do individual coaching, which is all customized. We'll start wherever you want to start. We can go to wherever you want to go. I give a couple of packages to start with to pick and choose from, or we could scrap it all and, you know, build something from scratch with, with the client. So I'm sort of going through that, figuring out what works best. What are people reacting to most comfortably? And then, you know, how, how do I, that, that group component where these ladies love to get together, you know, the name of the company is she's got game and it's, you know, kind of the way I talk about it is she's got game both in her career and on the golf course. And I plugged the golfing component in there because it wasn't until again, late in my career that I picked up golf. I learned how, you know, valuable it could be to relationships and then once I did get involved, I, you know, just really enjoyed nurturing so many both personal and professional relationships through the game. And of course, where I worked, we were a big sponsor of golf. Sure. So it made sense. So I do some fun group sessions at golf courses and top golf. So, you know, we all get together and have a good time when dive into ourselves a little bit in terms of what do we need for our careers. And then, you know, I I have some LPGA coaches who partner with me and they do the swing lessons. So, you know, I've sort of combined those two things and these last six months have really been about refining it until, until I get my message at least comfortable enough to where I am. But, you know, I think we talked about in our conversation yesterday, I'm learning to just go because if I, you know, if I wait until it's perfect, I'll never go. So the six month chapter has been a lot of getting it to where I'm at least comfortable enough to go while I still realize it will evolve and, you know, I'll continue perfecting it probably for the rest of my life. Love that. And couldn't agree more on the evolution piece. And you almost always have to move before it's comfortable. Otherwise, as you said, unlikely to move. So explain to, and I know this story, but for everyone else's benefit listening, how did you get your first couple of clients? So I had unofficial clients at my previous employer. So just mentoring them. And so when I left, there was a little bit of, of this, you know, like shock, like, oh my gosh, you're leaving. You've been here for over 20 years. What are you going to do next? And so the conversation around what I'm going to do just sort of naturally led to people saying, you know what, my sister needs some help. She's getting ready to leave her company or her job was just eliminated. And just having that network has been very valuable. So there's something in, there's a lot of power in networking with others and just connecting and sharing stories. But 
you know, I did, I felt like I didn't have time for that before. You know, I would go into work, I had a job to do. And then whenever there would be this networking event, it's like, okay, I guess I'll go. It's probably important for the company. It's important for the team. But I really didn't realize that there's so much power in just connecting with people and sharing your story. So anyway, through those conversations, I had a couple of people say, would you be willing to help so-and-so out? And, you know, my first customers, one of them, and I, she wasn't, I don't even know if we want to call them clients officially, because the first clients I worked with, it was pro bono, right? I'm getting into this industry. You know, I'm new in this industry from an official coaching point of view, I have a lot to learn. I'm sure of it. So I'd love to learn with you. I'd love your feedback. So in return for free sessions, would you be willing to give me your point of view, give me your feedback? And if if you found it valuable, give me a review once my site's up and running. And I, that's how I sort of pitched it because I knew that there was a lot of learning that I wanted to go through before I would feel comfortable putting the package out there for people to buy service, right? So to buy the service, I wanted to go through those experiments and that's how we did it. And I think it's really hard to say no to free you know, coaching and an opportunity to have a cup of coffee with somebody and brainstorm about their career. And so that's how I got my first couple of clients was through that. And then at the end, one of them said, okay, I'm not finished. I want to, can I want to pay you and I want to keep going. Can we do that? And so of course it's like, of course, you know, so that sort of evolved into a couple of individual clients. And I remember talking Um, to you about that too. And just a minute ago, I heard you say doing some of the pro bono work before I felt comfortable accepting money for it. Mm-hmm. But if I remember correctly, too, it wasn't necessarily comfortable fully the first time uh, oh, that no. happened as well. You had to push me. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly said, Andrea, it's time. <laughs> if you are having this many conversations, and it was, you were so right. I just put it out there. And, and the way you helped me just position it, it was like a no-brainer. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm not pushing anything on anyone. I've extended a lot of time and attention and whatnot for free. So now it's like, you tell me, you know, we're at the end of our free sessions. Thank you so much. I'd love your feedback. Let me know if you've got it from here. And if so, awesome. You know where to reach me if you have questions, but I'm also not leaving your side forever. So if you want to keep working together, let me know. And I'd be happy to work a package out for you and shifting it in my mind from I'm selling a service for my coaching services, you know, getting away from that to saying, you know, you tell me if it's something you 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 think you could uh, get value out of, I'd be more than happy to continue to work with you. So it was just nice because it was both you know, both of those first initial ones yeah. turned into, oh yes, absolutely, let's go for it. So no, you're right, you're right. I never got perfectly comfortable. That's probably a little bit of an overstatement, but I certainly was more comfortable doing that free, you know, those experiments. And that's what we tell our clients to do, right? We say, okay, if you're a little bit, you know, hesitant to ask for something in the workplace, like try it out at the restaurant next time you go, you know, ask your server when they're bringing you to the table, if they wouldn't mind, actually, could I sit over there? I mean, those little experiments are so powerful because people realize that it's okay. And they're like, okay, they don't think I'm rude. It's fine. I can ask for that. You know, so 
those were some of the things that you helped me experiment with in the beginning. So I'm still experimenting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you've done such a great job of that. And I think that's part of the reason why you have progressed so quickly, to be quite frank and honest. And part of the reason why I wanted to talk through these pieces of your story too, because this is really how it works. You know, a lot of this is, as you said earlier, you know, progressing before before you're fully comfortable. Mm-hmm. So what do you think for you, for where you're at? Now you've made this transition. It's been, uh, you know, it started out with you realizing that you had this type of need and seeing the benefit from fulfilling this type of need to now you serving this type of need in many different ways. And, you know, initially started with you working with some pro bono clients and then those turning into paying clients. What do you think is going to be the hardest part for you from here for where you're at right now? If I had a crystal ball, you know, so so I'm sort of thinking about how do I standardize is probably the wrong word because everyone's different, all yeah. needs are different, but kind of just getting the program really designed into a program to meet more people. So, you know, right now it's highly customized, individual, but out of this, each time I'm taking away my own learning. So I'm categorizing and sort of getting data organized in a way that I can find patterns. Like what are people mostly looking for and how do I get some core programming that I can maybe give to, you know, masses. So I think the toughest component of that is going to be doing both, right? That highly customized individual work versus the courses. And when I say course, I don't mean like the downloadable or or webinar course right now. I mean, working with companies to get their employees, you know, to serve their employees. Yeah. Um, So I think just figuring out how much time to truly invest in those and not do too much at once. I think that's going to be a challenge because once I did go out there and I just put the Facebook page up and all of that, the floodgates opened. And so, you know, realizing that I'm one person, I'm still learning a lot. How do I serve and yet tell other people that I'm not going to be able to right now, right? So sort of throttle it in a way that I don't feel like I'm telling people no, because it just, it really has ramped up, which is a great problem to have. But I think that's going to be the tough part. You know, who could we maybe move into these group sessions because they they really feed off of other people and other people's questions. And then how do I, you know, ensure that I'm not spreading myself too thin so that the individual clients are going to continue to get the best of me. So I think just figuring out those two components and how to go after both appropriately is probably going to be my challenge. I very much appreciate you sharing. And I something dawned on me that I think might be really helpful for people that are listening to your story and for where you're at right now. What what does a day in your life look like right now? Yeah. Um, so I have learned to sort of bucket and chunk my day into priorities. So I spend a lot of time, first of all, at the end of every day, I look at what did I do? You know, did I meet the goals that I kind of had listed out for myself that day or not? What needs to roll over to tomorrow? But I think about 
you know, those priorities and I list out my priorities and I really bucket my day accordingly. So a couple of the things that, that my day looks like two days a week, I don't do any coaching. I focus on, you know, blog writing or program, you know, I look at my program and building that out. So I've got time to dedicate to the business and then three days a week are open for coaching windows. So that, so I'll say that first and foremost, at the end of every day, then I look and say, all right, what do I need to get done tomorrow? Did I get everything finished today that I needed to get finished? And um, how do I want to set my day up tomorrow to ensure that whatever's already on my schedule will be successful while I continue to move the needle forward or move the ball forward? I guess that's a little vague because every day is different. But I mean, I'll just tell you, for example, today I got up, kids went to school, husband went to work, had my coffee and I sat and I just went through my email and then I wrote a little bit and then I, so I'm not doing any coaching at all today. Today is really business centric. So I have my call today with you here and I put a lot of time into the package as well that I'm developing for a new client that I have as well as a blog post. So that's so far at 156. That's what my days look like. Tomorrow I have three coaching conversations and I'm going to dedicate most of the time to that. So every day is a little bit different, but at the end of every day, I take five to 10 minutes, reassess, make sure I don't have any outstanding emails I need to address or clients who are out there asking questions, whether that be on my, it is email, but as well as my Facebook page and my Instagram account, which by the way is she's got game STL. I didn't know this, Scott, but she's got game. I guess it was a VH1 show a while back. <laughs> I so, forgot about uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I did too. Or I never knew about it to, to begin with. But um, so I have the STL for St. Louis at the end of it on my Instagram and Facebook. But, you know, at the end of every day, I make sure that any needs that are out there, that they're addressed, that I've responded to all comments and uh, focus on what the next day is going to look like. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing uh, where people can connect with you too. And the only other question that I have is for those people that are in the same place that you were not that long ago, where they're finding they're having these conversations anyways, they're finding that they're loving them and want to do more of that and are standing on the precipice trying to decide, hey, do I go this direction where I become a, a coach and continue moving down that path? What mm -hmm. advice would you give to them based on where you sit right now and if you had to do this all over? Sure. I 100% would say, start talking about it. Start talking to your closest supporters start talking to those who they know you best. They know it sort of lights that fire inside you and really take some time to invest in yourself as well to figure out, do you know what you're good at? That's a key component that we help our clients with, right? Is And I think we touched on this before, but know your strengths, understand how you're designed, how you're programmed, what makes you tick, how do you connect with people? So, so go through some sort of whether it be assessment or program, really get to know yourself and start talking about it. And you will see very quickly if people resonate to that, if you enjoy it when people come knocking on your door. So start talking about it fearlessly with, you know, again, find people you trust because if you're just trying to figure out if you want to move forward or not, you might not want to tell your boss. But I would say that first and then 
Another thing I think is getting with some groups who are have the same mindset. So like that's how I found you, right? Is I knew, yeah. I wanted to learn more, how does this work? And I got connected and I learned, you know, look, if you're going to go be certified and get the certification, you have to have a number of hours of coaching and some results to show before anybody's going to give you that certification. So there's no sense in waiting to start. Go ahead and start in the way that you can and don't wait for it to be perfect because I certainly, you know, I wish I didn't drag my feet so much whenever I did. Well, I really appreciate that advice. And thank you again for taking the time and making the time and coming on and sharing your story and being so vulnerable with it. I thank you very, very much. Ah, it was my pleasure. Such a pleasure as always working with you. And I'm loving this podcast. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. And I can't wait to continue to grow with you guys. Well, you have been a pleasure to work with as well. And I thank you for all the kind words. Is there any place else people can connect with you besides Instagram or is that the best place? Um, well, my email address is Andrea at she's got game.net. My website is www.she'sgotgame.net. Or if you want to go to Facebook or Instagram, it's she's got game STL. Awesome. So uh, that, that should cover it. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode on How to Become a Career Coach. Go to howtobeacareercoach.com to sign up for our 14-day email series that takes you through step-by-step everything you need to become a career coach and find out how it could be possible for you. 